podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In the Middle East, regarding the IDS fight with Hamas going on in Gaza, of course, um, thousands of civilians have been slaughtered at the hands of this of these clashes, which is, of course, is tragic. I keep very much abreast with this news. So, underscore nomics on Twitter, Dissonomics on Instagram, where I post news about this, some analysis, and just my general thoughts. Also, there will be a video dropping this week on YouTube, inshallah but definitely on Instagram with an update on this because obviously it's a very, very important issue. Now, we're going to talk about politics in the UK and this is with regards to Rishi Sunak, the Conservative Party and the plan to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. Now, this is very contentious. It's been very contentious since it was announced last year by Boris Johnson and this has the means to bring down Rishi Sunak's premiership. He might not even make it before the next election if the vote on Tuesday doesn't go well and the and further votes afterwards. Also, this could determine the rates on which the Conservatives win or lose seats in the next election next year. So it's a very, very key week. I'm going to give you the ins and outs of what's happening. So we're going to talk about the initial plan to send people to Rwanda, the hiccups it's taken, what the amendments are, who's in favour, who's against it, and how the Rwanda bill might send Rishi to the Gulag. Why Rishi might not make it, coming up after this short break. Yo, what's going on, people? You're not listening to the Islamics podcast, and we're talking about the government's controversial plan to send people to Rwanda. Now, how did we get to this point where there's a lot of controversy? Well, there's been controversy from the start, right? The government had a plan to send asylum seekers to Rwanda. This is an attempt to curb record inflation, uh, record immigration, sorry, and of course small boats arriving in the country who obviously arrive illegally. Um, unfortunately for the government, this plan was ruled unlawful by the UK Supreme Court a few weeks ago. The plan was to send um, asylum seekers to Rwanda and on a flight to Rwanda and they are ba- then banned from returning to the UK. This was initially announced by Boris Johnson in April 2022. It's a quite big plan from the the right of the party the government has already spent 140 million pounds on the scheme but this week and with a letter from a senior civil servant written to mps the government has spent another 100 million pounds this april i think the payment was sent this april to rwanda and a further 50 million pounds is coming next year so this plan is costing well over a quarter of a billion pounds and so far ain't nobody's gone there yet so what's the current plan well, after this was struck down by the UK Supreme Court because they believe that um, Rwanda isn't a safe place. Well, I don't know why I was going to make it an appropriate joke, but let me not do that. Um, the Conservatives were looking for a workaround. What's interesting in this is that I don't believe Rishi is really for this policy. I um, think a lot of sources have been saying that he was really a fan of this policy anyway. He seems to be a bit more moderate, a bit more centrist, more focused on the economy. However... With pressure from the right of the party, immigration being a quite a top-tier issue and record immigration numbers being released by the ONS um, last month, it is imperative for there to be some form of immigration plan, right? 
especially and immigration is a big issue for a lot of conservative voters and a lot of people in his party and if he doesn't seem to have a good plan for immigration the party are going to get anxious as will as will the people so what Rishi's planning to do is to block UK human rights law in an effort to keep this plan alive, right? He published an emergency bill on Wednesday that asserts that ministers now have the power to ignore the judgments that came from Strasbourg while stopping a sort of, stop, like stopping kind of like, they're not really leaving or misapplying the European Convention of Human Rights, but they're kind of like picking and choosing when they want to really follow it. It seeks to misapply relevant parts to UK Human Rights Act as well. The legislation stops short of um, the convention and does not include with st- non-withstanding clauses, which allows ministers to ignore the European Court of Human Rights and other international treaties regarding the asylum. Right. So this is super duper interesting. Like, this is the difference between UK politics and US politics. Right. So we kind of have like a conventional constitution where we kind of have a constitution on the basis of all the laws we've passed. We don't have like a written down ironclad constitution. Whereas the United States, you might have heard them always talk about the Constitution, is ironclad. And I believe, off the top of my head, to change the Constitution in America, you're going to need, they've got two houses, the Senate and the House of Representatives. So you're going to need 75% of the House of Representatives to vote for it and a further two-thirds of the of the Senate to vote for it. And bearing in mind that the numbers, there's never really a massive discrepancy between the two, two main parties, Democrats and Republicans. Basically, to change the Constitution, you're going to have to have bipartisan full agreement for both parties which means the whole country wants it so therefore stuff like this is going to be very difficult to happen whereas in the uk if you have a majority you can pretty much push through anything you want to for the most part um swela barverman um disgraced and former home secretary said the tories face electoral oblivion unless ministers blocked all domestic and international laws used to halt deportation flights so basically she said listen unless you lot basically circumvent these laws you we're going to get smoked in the election because we need to be able to get these people on the plane out of the country. I believe there was was 90,000 people came to the country um, by small boats um, looking for asylum last year. Um, number 10 believes... Number 10 is currently considering two options. They got the semi-skimmed <laughs> and the uh, full fat. So the semi-skimmed option is to disapply only UK Human Rights Act and asylum claims. However, this will not prevent challenges by individual migrants, so they could actually challenge this in the courts. The second was the full fat option, which removes the right of judicial review and including notwithstanding clauses, which will allow ministers to ignore the, EC- the European Court of Human Rights and other international treaties in that area of asylum, Right? which is obviously controversial because you're basically saying, yeah, we don't give a toss about human rights and international law. On Tuesday, there'll be crucial votes uh, regarding this emergency Rwanda plan. So even the more liberal Tories confirmed that this weekend they want to back their PM against the rights who are kind of like, they're on Rishi's ass. But serious concerns remain about the plan and they require more assurances. Moderate Tories are worried that this will unite um, the, op- the opponents of Rishi Sunak and the party against him if the bill is in law and hasn't worked then it's going to be a disaster for his leadership he's going to be in big big trouble the first major vote on the Randa bill is designed to ensure migrants coming to uk in small boats can be deported to the country without being blocked by legal challenges funnily enough there are concerns that liberal and white-wing groupings of this party against the proposal but the liberal and the right-wing factions of the conservative party are arguing are concerned for different reasons 
the right believes that the plan is not going far enough. They want the plan to disregard the European Court of Human Rights, um, and they have cons- and they and they don't care that it contradicts um, international law. Where the liberals, they care that they're going to be voting for something that's going to contradict international law. On Monday, both sides of the of the uh, disagreement will be con- will be working hard to kind of fresh out what's happening and what their positions are going to be going forward. I've got this quote from um, Damien Green, a Liberal Conservative MP, and he's the head of one of the biggest caucuses in the Conservative Party, which we'll talk about later. And I quote, The concerns we have fall into three sections. We are worried about the legislation by assertion, in that the bill badly states, bold, boldly states that Rwanda is safe. The government needs to show that this is the case. The bill also gives ministers powers without a chance of review, which needs exploration. And the third concern is the removal of the duty of the public authorities to not breach human rights. It's currently believed there will be enough support to push through this bill through its first stage on Tuesday. However, all it takes is 30 Tory rebels, and that's probably enough to defeat it. Nick Vinnell is um, KC, uh, chair of Bar Council, said, the bill raises serious um, rule, rule of law issues. The bill deems run to be safe, whether or not it is in fact safe, but our obligation under international law is to ensure that asylum seekers are only, only ever sent to countries that are actually safe. The circumstances in which human rights challenges are permitted by the bill are extremely tightly constrained. They'll inevitably be legal challenges. Some people believe that party whips are desperate for this first vote to pass so they can now use this as a political um, football and say, yo, Labour Party opposed around the bill. They don't want us to tackle crazy levels of illegal migration, crazy levels of immigration. Labour do not care about protecting our borders. Now, who were the different factions in the Conservative Party that have different views? I know some of you probably think that all the people on the Conservatives have one particular view, all the people on the Labour side have a particular view, so on and so forth. But the funny thing is that naturally, even on the left or the right of the political spectrum, there's different variations, right? So every party has factions where like-minded MPs get together and campaign for issues they care about. Like, for example, on the left, you've got Ian MacDonald, Jeremy Corbyn, Dan Abbott. They're, they're seen as the left of the Labour Party, right? And then on the right-hand side, you've got Swilla Braverman, you've got uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg, you've got Kemi Badenoch. Those are seen as the more right-hand side of the Conservative Party. These um, factions don't necessarily always vote in the same way, but sometimes they can be very disciplined in their movements. And I want to go through, I think there's four of them, right? So you've got the One Nation Caucus. This is the largest group and has more than 100 Tory MPs. This is about a third of the total amount of Tory MPs currently sitting. This is chaired by First Secretary of State, by former First Secretary of State, Damon Green, who who you heard from prior. It says it's committed to the values of the Liberal centre-right. So these are quite more moderate Conservatives. Most of the members represent the traditional Tory blue wall, seats where Liberal Democrats are the main challengers. Some are unhappy that a bill removes UK's obligation to international law. Our former Solicitor General, Lord Garnier, who is advising the caucus, has described the bill as politically and legal nonsense, and equivalent of ruling all dogs or cats. So he's not a, f- a fan of this. Then you've got the ERG, which is the European Research Group. Um, this is actually, although it's a smaller number in comparison, it's actually the most powerful group in the Tory MPs. They were key in blocking Theresa May's Brexit deals in 2017 and 2018 and bringing her down as Prime Minister, which paved the way for Boris, of course. They don't publish information about its membership, but it's thought to be around in the 30s. Um, 
and obviously this is considerably down from the Brexit heyday. However, they're pound for pound, like probably the most powerful, with people such as Sir Jacob Rees-Mogg as well as Braverman, who are big, big players in the Conservative Party. Also, the new uh, illegal immigration minister, Michael Tomlinson, was deputy chair of the group before. They've been pushing for a harder stance illegal migration issue and has been pressing for a hard-down approach on illegal immigration as well as um, current immigration. And it's super interesting. Um, you've got the new Conservatives. This was found as recently as May 2023, so spring this year. Around 30 MPs are included, including um, Tory Chairman Lee Anderson, most of the members were elected in 2019 in marginally traditional Labour red wall seats. So these are the seats in the north of England and the Midlands, which Labour tend to win usually, but obviously they got shellacked in the last election in 2019. They have called for radical measures to cut migration and press the government to deliver deportations and unpick many, many facets of international law obligations. They also want to return to 2019 manifesto, Leveling up, reducing taxes, rain back green measures, and a ban on gender ideology in schools. Then you've got the Common Sense Group. This is launched in 2020 with about 30 members. This is led by former Home Office Minister Sir John Hayes, a close ally of Cyril Braverman. He has been very critical of the Prime Minister's Rwanda approach and has been pressing for tougher measures on both legal and illegal immigration. And he's also a big pusher on cultural issues. And he's kind of anti um, the National Trust's woke agenda on colonialism. Then you've got the Nash Northern Research Group. This is more than 50 MPs and formed in 2019 to press for greater investment in the Red Wall areas, which is north of England, Wales and Scottish borders. Um, the party chairman and Northern Powerhouse Minister Jake Berry and, for and Brexit, former Brexit Minister, um, Brexit Minister Secretary, sorry, David Davis. Um, the NRG regards immigration as an important issue for many of their voters, and and chair and and the chair John Stephen John Stevenson, he's the MP for Carlisle, said that he believed the bill will be overwhelmingly supported by the Northern MPs, and would be surprised if anybody went against it. Then finally, you got the Conservative Growth Group. This is around fifty MPs set up after Liz Truss' short Prime Minister stint. Their main um. Their main area is economic liberation and economic and policies. Um, they care about slashing business taxes, stamp duty, toughening benefits requirements, relaxing planning permissions and reintroducing fracking. Right. So those are the different um, um, segments. About two of them are probably closer in line with the prime minister and two of them are currently not feeling what the prime minister is doing. So the Tuesday vote is going to be super duper interesting. And why it's interesting is because Rishi's popularity it's on the wane, right? So I was doing my research. I looked at IPOS and they looked, and this is a look at the polling. And currently, Labour, I mean, Labour are 21 points ahead of the Conservatives, a massive, massive lead. So in terms of voting intention, 46% uh, of people votes uh, are intent on voting for Labour. That's up 2% from October. 25% of people are looking to vote for the Tories. That's up by 1%. 12% Liberal Dem Democrats down 1% from October. Green Party, 6%, and others, 10%. So the so you could see a massive gap in people who intend to vote for Labour and Conservative Party. This was around 15... This was... The thing is, there was a big lead when um, Boris left, and then Rishi started to crawl away at this, and then the lead has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger in recent times. Um, I was also looking at um, 
some of the other uh, news and their latest political monitor poll suggests that eight out of ten people say public services have got worse in the past five years this is not a good sign for conservatives and by all accounts is looking that they're going to take a mahusive beating in the next election which will probably be next year may 2024 and finally i looked at yougov right and yougov is a quite interesting polling tracker and they've got a track tracker that looks at how well a prime minister is doing so how well is rishi sunak doing as prime minister so there's three categories well badly and don't know so obviously when he took over um it started off most people said they don't know and then it was a, and then it was pretty equal well and bad and then it started off with a small gap of people most more people think he was doing badly than good and then the gap started to extend uh as of like january 2023 he started to close the gap close the gap close the gap and then as of august 2023 it's been ginormous really ginormous so as of now as of december 23 65 percent think rishi sunak is doing badly as pm 24 percent think he's doing well and 11 percent think he's they don't know uh it's not looking good and in terms of fame he's got a 98 percent response he's got popularity 18 percent disliked by 58 percent neutral 21 percent so it's not looking good bruv one in fifth of people one in five of people believe immigration is one of the top issues facing the country the economy is the most important issue at 54 percent with immigration and health tied at 41 percent so currently rishi sunak he's not doing well right he's had scandal after scandal so many people have been removed um they've been by-elections they've got shellacked in every by-election they got smoked in the local elections he's taken l's up and down his premiership is in serious disarray there's been people that have handed in letters of no confidence. And if this vote goes wrong, he might not make it. I think they're going to get through this, the first vote. But what happens after that is all in play. And this, and it's very interesting that a policy that's not even his. And the policy that I believe he kind of, kind of ran with because he wanted to get the right of the party in line. Because of you've got influential people like Suela Braverman and co who might want to bring him down because they're angry at, at Boris Johnson um, losing his seat as Prime Minister. In an attempt to appease them and try to tackle the immigration issue, it's, it's probably going to bring him down. And if, he, and if he survives, they're going to get smoked in the election. Absolutely smoked. Which I don't mind because they have been absolutely appalling since Boris Johnson's come in. Liz Truss was even worse. I actually think Rishi is actually a pretty competent Prime Minister, but it's a little too late. Sorry, mate. Um, so yeah, toodaloo. The days are numbered. And yeah, that's it for this week's Dishonomics podcast, a short and sweet one. Um, look out for me on Twitter, Instagram, tell a friend to tell a friend, and until next week, peace and blessings. Sports Social Podcast Network.